This is Profiles in Risk. Hosted by Nick Lamparelli. Every week, we interview those who risk life, limb, fortunes, career, and reputation, and those who work behind the scenes who look to protect and enlighten us about risk. You can find the show notes and other insurance-related content at insnerds.com. That's I-N-S-N-E-R-D-S dot com. Now, on to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Profiles in Risk. I am your host, Nick Lamparelli. It is winter. It is cold. But to warm up the Christmas spirit, I have a wonderful guest. I have Miranda Elizabeth Joseph. Miranda is an insurance agent at Sloan Insurance in Ohio. She is also a self-professed risk management and insurance student hybrid And we're going to be spending this episode talking about a career and going to school to get a degree at the same time. Miranda, welcome to Profiles in Risk. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for having me. I'm super humbled and honored to be here. So thank you. I cannot thank you guys enough. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on. Uh, The guests, the people listening won't know that we just had Tony Kanyas on. He came on to say hello. That uh, That was fun. I, I did grab some of that on video, so maybe I'll have a spoof of that. But uh, uh, Miranda, let's kick this off right away. Uh, I, this, the first time I saw RMI Hybrid, when I saw that, I was like, I, I don't know what that is. Tony explained mm-hmm. it to me. Why don't you, let's start off uh, by you describing what's an RMI Hybrid. Yeah, definitely. So I started because I'm a little different and I, I got so sick of you using the word, like, I'm not a traditional student. Um, and that made me sound like, you know, why am I not traditional? What's wrong with me? You know, so I started calling myself a agent RMI hybrid or a professional RMI hybrid, just to show that, you know, I'm an agent. Um, I'm 23. I've been an agent for over two years now, but I'm also a student. So I'm also pursuing my bachelor's in risk management and insurance and my CPCU and an agent. So you're that hybrid and you're the best of both worlds. So instead of saying, you know, Hey, I'm a non-traditional student or I'm an adult student. I am a, I'm a hybrid in this world. So, you know, I've got the school side and I, I study um, the eight hours that I'm not at work and I'm at work for the other eight hours. And sometimes I get some sleep in there, but um, really what um, I, I loop into that, that package. So those, those three pillars, agent, student, CBCU candidate. So that's my hybridness. Okay. So let's rewind the tape. Um, how did this happen? Yeah. Um, so did you start off as an agent and then decide I want my degree at the same time? What came first and how did you decide to uh, kind of merge the two together? Yeah, so definitely. So to go back to why I became an agent, you got to look back at me when I was 
18. So um, I graduated from a high school in Northeastern Ohio. So I'm originally um, from the Canton, almost Cleveland area for some people who don't know where Canton is. Um, and I got accepted into Ohio Northern University for this prestigious doctor of pharmacy program. And I was so excited to go. And I was like, I want to do something medical. You know, I want to be a pharmacist. This is what I'm going to do for the next, you know, 40 years of my career. Well, a couple years into the program, my heart stopped twice, got a pacemaker, and due to the rigorous nature of this program and how my body wasn't keeping up, my brain had a little lack of oxygen in there, and I was going to numerous doctor's appointments at the Cleveland Clinic and just trying to figure out, you know, hey, what's wrong with me? Um, I mean, I had to, you know, transfer out of school and knew well, I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not being able to support myself. I need to get a job. And came across um, an acquaintance of mine. She was starting her own state farm agency. And she had been a producer for um, a long time in another state farm agency. And I thought, you know, hey, let's try it. I got licensed, um, started meeting clients, and I loved it. Um, got really indoctrinated into that captive world. Um, and then about, about a year, almost a year and a half later, uh, was <laughs> kind of stolen over into the, the independent world. So um, I had been in the independent world for almost seven months where, when at the time I looked back and I said, you know, I really, I want that degree. I want a degree in something, whether it be business, whether it be, uh, go back and do a bachelor's of science in something, I need a degree. Because at the end of the day, you know, I looked at my husband, my husband's a little bit older than me. He is uh, an engineer by degree. And I said, you know, I want my kids to, you know, see our, our future children to see, you know, hey, mom and dad, you know, we got the same piece of paper. So I'm, you know, all about equality in our household. So decided, I was looking at a couple of programs. And for some reason, and not to make my husband sound like a jerk, but you <laughs> wasn't, he wasn't on board with it. Um, I wasn't finding the right program. It was like, God was putting those, those roadblocks in front of me. And he drove me into finally, after months and months of searching for a program, I found Kent State's online um, bachelor's in insurance studies. And it was almost like, like, ah, like shining. Um, just, I knew that this is where I was, you know, supposed to be talked with Tim McFadden, our program director. He said, you got to meet this awesome lady, Charlotte Martin Bloodsaw. You know, she is um, a major teacher in our program and the director of our um, Gamma Iota Sigma chapter. You need to get involved with Gamma. You need to, you know, get more out there. We need more people like you. And I just, I went with it. So I've, um, I'll finish my bachelor's um, next December. So I've got almost a year to, to the date for that degree. And then um, in the same time, I was on LinkedIn, like, I need to build my network. I need to find more people. And I ran across this amazing person, Antonio Cañas, and I was reading um, stuff about him and almost like idolizing him. And which is maybe a little creepy, but uh, <laughs> um, which is no surprise because the first time I met him, I ran up to him and I said, oh my gosh, you're my idol. Um, so I 
through reading his articles and posting, I was like, what is this CPCU thing? No one ever talks about this. Researched it. I started it, um, took my first test July of this year, um, and I took it all out of order. I thought, you know, hey, business law, let's do that one first because that sounds easy. Um, passed it and uh, just recently got the CPCU President Scholarship. Um, so that'll help out a lot. And um, I will finish it in May. So I'll finish it in under a year. So that's me, and that's how I go. Okay. There's a lot to unpack there. Yes. Okay, so let's start one at a time. I have a whole bunch of questions. First, yeah. first one, based off of your last statement with the CPCU, mm-hmm. um, how were you able to sort of align classwork with CPCU work? So mm-hmm. was it almost like two, killing two birds with one stone, where you're almost like studying the same thing? Uh, did that happen? Um, I wasn't as fortunate um, in being able to do that because like my first, my business law CBC, the 530 that I took, I'm actually taking a, the business law class next spring semester. So they were, it's kind of jumbled and out of order because I had to take specific classes during a specific semester in order to finish within that year. So I didn't have the opportunity to do those together, which I'll, and because having my CPCU done before, I may see some of these classes. I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember that. That's great. And it'll just solidify my learning a little better. I wish, you know, maybe I, I learned it before my CPCU, but uh, I wanted to be ambitious and finish okay. within a year. Okay. Fair enough. Um, second question. Uh, you started your career as an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, were you, how much, how much was the sales process thrown into that initial step? You're young. Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. essentially just out of high school. Um, mm-hmm. How much pressure was there on you to make sales? There was a ton of pressure. In, in okay. the captive environment, you have an exorbitant amount of pressure. Whereas um, me in the independent world, I don't see that as much now, not to say that, you know, it's, it's less work, but with, and, and this is with any captive company, you know, they put you through um, the ringer. They teach you exactly what their process is, exactly what they want you to say, what you want to bring value to clients. So, you know, I had six months of learning the the State Farm way and how they did things and how they wanted their agents to sell. So I was very indoctrinated into into their culture because, you know, when you're captive, you do have that, you know, hey, I'm all red or if you're at Nationwide, like I'm all Nationwide or, you know, it's, it's that captive culture. But so that sales, it, it, it was, it was a lot to learn, but I think I had more of a, I have a very people personality. So I picked up on it really quick. Um, I'm all about the needs-based selling. Um, you know, I don't want to give somebody something they don't need. So that's, that's more, it wasn't as hard for me, but then it was a little bit more challenging moving over into the independent world because you don't have those practices and procedures as you did before by one company. Now, you know, I've got 35 companies that I can offer products and services from, and and they're all different. And so you kind of have to, you know, adopt our, um, so I'm with a one out of nine independent agencies. So I had to adopt, you know, our organization's culture, which, which was different, but it was still, you know, it was still really nice. So it's just, I'm a fast learner. So it wasn't, it wasn't too hard to pick, to pick up. The sale. Okay. So uh, when you first started and you got, you said you loved it, 
what part did you like? Was it the sales or was it the, uh, the helping of people uh, place, you know, do their risk transfer or was it the challenge of, you know, just the um, learning, learning something new like insurance that's uh, mm-hmm. can be interesting, can be very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what aspects of it did you, did you think really registered with your personality that made you really love it? At first, I fell in love with the people because I would have people who who would come in and say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for saving me X amount of money. And then I would have people who sat in my office and because I was a good listener, so they tell me, they would just, they would just cry in my office or tell me about their divorce or tell me about their kids or, or their hardships or their good things in life. Like when their, their kids would graduate, you know, that's a great call I love to hear. Um, so it, it first brought the people aspect to me. And then it was when I had more responsibility in doing like commercial lines is when I felt more challenged mm-hmm. to really fall in love with coverages and specifics and claim scenarios and all the nitty gritty stuff in insurance that, you know, makes it, makes it function. Um, so people then, then policies is kind of, kind of how I loved it. Oh, I, I like that. Um, how, how much have you been able to, so how does the RMI program link to your day-to-day job? Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, I would think there'd be elements of it where it's theoretical, it's high mm-hmm. level. You may not be actually using it on your day-to-day job, but how much part, you know, could you be using it? it, it do you find that you can link the two? Sometimes I find that I can link the two. I more find that I can link my experience as an agent with coursework than I can course than to an agent, if that makes sense, because, you know, I already have those skills. Um, but like nitty gritty endorsement kind of stuff, like policy, like ISO terms, I don't really use that in my day to day job, you know, because every company is different and they don't all have to, you know, be strictly, strictly ISO or um, so it's it's different. It sometimes applies, but it sometimes doesn't. And I think one really good asset in our Kent States program is um, Sharla. Our, um, my advisor and my, uh, my professor, because she, she's had such a great 20 plus year career in insurance as a producer and on the corporate side. So she tries to make it as, as real world as humanly possible. Um, because I think I might be the only one in the pro well in, in my set of classes right now who actually has an insurance background. So she really makes it understandable for people who, you know, may not want to pursue their licensing or may not, you know, have any insurance experience. So while sometimes I think, oh, you know, I could just take this test and, you know, not study and not, um, you know, really get into the nitty gritty of our book and be fine. But, you know, I'm here to learn. I'm here to have a degree, a degree that says, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm proficient in insurance and it just, it solidifies, you know, what I do more. So I, I appreciate our program so much. What's the online experience like? Um, I like it because it's flexible. Um, I wish I had, you know, more students to talk to um, and and kind of have that face-to-face a little bit more. Um, it's definitely kind of hard because I'm a president of our Gamma Iota Sigma chapter, and we do that totally online as well. And that's really hard to get, you know, people involved and to get people informed. Sure. Um, 
you know, who we are and what the program's about. But on the flip side, it's really nice because if it wasn't online, I wouldn't be able to do it. So um, it's, it's got its pros and its cons, but definitely, definitely more pros and cons there. Do you get to at least chat with other students? Um, some of our classes um, have like discussion posts where you are required to post something and then you got to comment on like two people's posts where, you know, I feel like a lot of the time students just do it to say, hey, check mark, I got the points, I did that assignment. So I don't think there's an, enough opportunity maybe for us to talk more, but um, I wish there were. And that's maybe something I'll bring back to our program and say, you know, we, we need to have this time as, as students to get together, but um, get to get together a little bit more. But overall, um, we talk a fair, a, a little bit, but not, not a too much. Yeah. So uh, could you, I hate to ask you to rattle off a bunch of courses, but um, okay. in RMI, in RMI degree, what sort of courses are you taking? Yeah, so um, you have a little bit of that business section. So like um, this semester, I'm finishing up business statistics, a customer service course. Um, Last semester, I did like a professional selling course, which was, um, you know, I got to bring my expertise in that. Um, But then on the flip side, you know, you do have, you know, your traditional writing courses, um, because there's a writing aspect in our curriculum. And then you have your major insurance courses. So you've got your a whole class that I just finished on personal lines and then like intro to insurance, um, business law for insurance, um, life and health. So, you know, you have almost, it's very close to how the CPCU program is um, where you get to see, you know, personal, commercial, law, ethics, um, but that's just a, a quick snapshot of it. But it's definitely very insurance intensive. Um, and I would say probably like 60% insurance, 40% um, business. Mm-hmm. And then one writing class in there. <laughs> do they, I, I, I've never done uh, taken any of those courses. Do they, um, do they have a course or within embedded in one of the other courses where they talk about the ecosystem as well and kind of go into you – know, you know, go into like, what's an underwriter? What's an actuary? You know, here are the functions. And I'm only asking that question because I'm wondering whether, because I know some RMI courses allow you to like focus on actuarial stuff. Yeah. And so I, I wonder if yours at Kent State uh, does that as well and allows those that like might be a little bit more math oriented and less people person, you know, to, mm-hmm. to focus on the actuarial stuff and, you know, do they have like a focus? Mm-hmm. So that's actually where our our um, program differs, um, I feel like, dramatically, because when I go to Gamma things, they say, oh, you either have the option to be RMI or you have the option to be actuary, where ours is just an RMI program. Um, and there's actually another degree that's actuarial sciences that's not affiliated with ours that I believe you have to go to campus for, I'm not super informed of that. So I'm not going to speak on that a lot and, you know, say something wrong about our, about that program, but ours is um, very, uh, very RMI approach. Now I believe our insurance operations course, which I take next semester. So I'm not very privy on, on what it it involves, but I believe in there you'll learn about, you know, the different, um, the different jobs that you can have in, in insurance. And uh, again, Charlotte does a great job of presenting all those because 
you know, she, she's had a lot of those different, um, different jobs, but, um, and you, we definitely get more exposed to it with Gamma, what we try to do and what, I mean, what I try to do with our board to present to some of the other students, some other members of Gamma is to say, you know, there's more out there than just being an underwriter and being an actuary. You know, you could go into project management, you can go into claims, you can go into agency, because I feel like that's something that's maybe very, um, like an underdog of our, of our industry is, you know, you don't hear it talked about that much with kids who are going into, um, or adults who are going into the RMI program. You never hear, oh, you could be an agent. And that's something that I, I try to bring up in our meetings that, you know, you don't have to always be an underwriter or claims or be on the corporate side, which, you know, I may want to look at the corporate side in my future, but, um, you also have, the possibility to do a really good job, connect with your clients and, and kind of be that front facing line of insurance, because that's where our entire world and our community gets the, um, gets the type of, how do I want to say it? Agents are what impression that's, we are the impression that our community sees. So if we don't put off a good impression to people and say, you know, we're here to help you, we are not crooks, we're not just taking your money every month, and that we're really, it's a promise. Insurance is a huge promise that you give me money and I promise to you that I will be there on your worst day. So um, it is it is the agents at the front line who need to help influence other other young people and to tell the community, you know, hey, no, it's a, it's a great job to be an agent. We're here to help. So. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a great answer. Never thought of it that way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I would think that uh, in an hour, my program, there is a percentage of people and I don't, and it sounds as though they're not necessarily selling or training it that way right. for that, that would probably be better off on the agency side. They mm-hmm. just don't even know it. So uh, you know, that's, Hey, anyone that's listening, if you're creating an RMI program, uh, you, you have the opportunity to create future brokers and agents. So you should do that. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Uh, the trajectory of your career, mm-hmm. where do you see yourself? So, um, I know my boss is listening to this, so <laughs> I love what I do as an agent. I love it. Um, and I love, you know, possibly moving up in my organization. You know, we are a small organization. We have nine offices in, in Northwestern Ohio. And, you know, I would love to be more involved in, in, the, in the running of the office and not so much like I, I do a lot of growth. Like I'm, I do all of our, almost all of our growth for agency and I do marketing and I go out and meet with clients and I love that. But I'm the kind of person I always want that more responsibility and I want to, you know, keep climbing the ladder. And maybe that's just that millennial trait in me. But, um, you know, I want to work really hard. And so I do see myself maybe staying on the agency side. Um, I also see myself possibly going um, into the corporate side, especially my CBCU um, concentration is in commercial lines. I love um, big farms. I love farming risks. I like um, big commercial risks. So I could also see myself doing that. Um, but I think towards the end of my career into retirement, 
me and my husband, we would love to own an agency and, you know, be the, be the husband and wife, um, agency, maybe in a small town as our, as our retirement. But, um, I definitely do want to check out the corporate side and I don't want to discredit that because, um, my education and where I'm at right now, I think that, um, you know, I would do well there, but you know, it's, it's wherever, you know, God wants to direct me into that path. And, um, I'll just, I'll just go with the flow and what's right for me at the time and what's right for my family. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Good answer. Um, so how, considering your millennial state, Mm -hmm. um, it's important, I think, to not let you go without, um, asking (laughs) how do we get more people like you Mm -hmm. into insurance? What, if you were responsible for recruiting or for encouraging, um, figuring out a way to entice younger people to consider insurance as a profession, what would you do? Yes. So I definitely thought about that because that is, you know, a major goal of mine. Uh, I call it you either fall in or you dive in. And I fell into insurance. I didn't, I didn't dive in head first. I didn't say, yes, this is what I want to be. This is what I, you dove in later though. Yes, I dove in a little bit later, Um, but I always remember this. We were at a a rodeo, uh, or my my mother and father-in-law were, and it was like a State Farm-sponsored rodeo in Texas, and they asked this little girl who had just done like these, I think they're like sheep racing. It shows (laughs) how, uh, how different we are, and I'm originally from the South, so but this little girl, they ask her, they say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And she takes that microphone and she says, I want to be an insurance agent. And I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> no one says that. No one says when they're growing up, like, hey, I want to be an insurance agent or I want to be an insurance. So it's really starting people young with career day. I had never heard about that. I had never even really, you know, knew where my insurance ID card was when I was 16 years old. My parents didn't make that a priority to me. And yes, you're inundated by insurance commercials and insurance billboard and insurance marketing so much where people, I feel like it's, they're just making, they're commoditizing our industry where you can always get it cheaper, better, faster online. So you're surrounded by so much bombardment buy insurance that anytime you hear about it, you just are like, Oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. That's flow or that's, you know, the get go. So I never had realized about this, this even profession or that you could do this. You know, I had never met my insurance agent. I didn't know who he or she was. I never stepped foot into an insurance agency until I was an agent. So it, it's going back to high school and speaking to to students and letting them know that you can make really good money. You can have flexibility as an agent. You even have that at the corporate side and you don't have to do just sales. You don't have to do just claims. You can, this is the type of industry where this level of experience, a a degree in whether it be actuarial sciences or in risk management, you can take that and run with it so many different directions and you're not I hate to bring it all back about the money, but I feel like some students think, well, I want to be a doctor or a plastic surgeon. And that's what I originally wanted to be was plastic surgeon or go back to my original, original ambition, be a pharmacist. Um, 
because of the money. Well, you can, you can do really, really well and support your family amazingly. And you could possibly own your own business while doing it or be a part of a really great company that you believe in. So it's that awareness of, of having students dive into this and maybe um, shadowing opportunities. I had an intern uh, last year around this time that she was like, I never even knew you could do this. I said, exactly. That's why we need to teach more people about this. Um, we have a DECA program here in our school system. I can't remember what it stands for because they didn't have it when I was in high school, but, um, it's like a business program where, you know, they bring in different speakers and talk about their profession. And I think that we need to utilize that. And I think Gamma uh, Iota Sigma is doing a really fabulous job, especially getting boots on the ground and and teaching people that, you know, our profession's out here and we're aging. So what other really good thing about that? Not that, you know, I've got an 81-year-old agent in my office and he has taught me so much about insurance, but our population is aging and there's so much more room for young talent to come in here. And so there's just, there's opportunity for jobs. This is growing lucrative career. You don't want to be, there's, there's no better place. in in my opinion, where you could be. So I love that. that. No, that's great. Great answer. Um, we got to do, we just have to do a lot more things. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I like that. And I have never heard a young person ever dream about being an insurance agent. <laughs> so either State Farm paid her or her Possibly. Dad <laughs> her mom's That's an really agent. Great marketing. Yes. Um, this is the part of the podcast, Miranda, where uh, we transition over and learn a little bit more about you. Although yeah. uh, this whole podcast has been about your, your life, sort of. Kind of, uh, yeah. This, Miranda, this is your life. Um, so, uh, a couple questions I always ask every, every one of my guests, um, to try to piggyback and learn something from them. Uh, and the first one is what tools or techniques do you use? Uh, my question says, do you sue? <laughs> <laughs> it is insurance, uh, to stay productive and or organized. And I'm expecting an awesome answer because you're young and only know the digital world. Okay, so I'm going to prove you wrong real quick. Oh boy, here we go. Right next to me is my Erin Condren planner. It's a beautiful planner. What's it called? Erin Condren. So E-R-I-N-C-O-N-D-R-E-N. And you can put tons of stuff in it. I've got Bible verses in it. And I keep all my school stuff in here. So how I keep myself organized is kind of splitting my brain into. I've got my, my school brain and my CPCU brain, and I've got my agent brain. So everything agency wise, I keep that on my outlook calendar. Um, so it is all organized in their client meetings, reminders. I even have this fabulous phone app where if somebody calls me and I'm not in the office, I can pick it up on my cell phone and I can send texts to clients. It's our, it's our Vonage app. So if you have their service, um, you can do that through that app. So that helps me, you know, stay connected with my clients. Um, maybe too much. So sometimes mm-hmm. if, they, um, if they need me, but so I've got the, I've got the techie side on my agent side, but I have to keep a list of things for school. 
like because school is online and I have no papers and no syllabuses um, that are physical, I put everything in my planner. So um, I'm very old school where it comes to school, but um, just for our agency, everything is everything's computerized now. So I'm, I'm half and half through through for that part. Cool. No, uh, it's not a surprise. Uh, quite honestly, <laughs> I, I'm not sure if the digital revolution is ever going to force everybody to go to a more digital solution. Mm-hmm. Some people want to touch and feel, you know, they, mm-hmm. um, I've switched back to reading books versus using my Kindle. It's just, it's a better experience. So I get mm-hmm. it. Um, that's cool. And final question is, what books have been influential in your business and or personal lives? Could be either, could be both. Okay, so big disclaimer, and my husband's going to laugh at me when he hears this, because I say I read things. I am I have to audiobook things. Like Audible is my most favorite app um, because I don't have the attention span to sit down and read a physical book. I have to listen to it. And so... Other really bad thing, because I am so inundated by insurance, like 80% of my time, the other 20%, I like, um, I'm a big Harry Potter nerd. Um, so I, I'm, I look, I'm listening to Harry Potter right now. Like I'll sit at my desk and I'll put my audible app on and I will listen to, I'm on the order of Phoenix right now and I'll finish it, um, finish all seven of the books by Christmas. So I like to keep in that, um, that more like fantasy world because I feel like I would be really, really dull if all I did was read insurance books and I might lose my mind. So, um, I gotta, I gotta mix it up. But, um, one book that I do, um, business wise that I have read, um, or I've listened to, uh, is, um, Bill Whitley. I love, 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 um, the year world method by Bill Whitley. And he actually also has a CDs, like the top eight secrets, um, of like very good performing agents. So he went around and interviewed, I think hundreds to almost thousands of agents and kind of stole their eight secrets of what made them successful. And I read that early on in my career, um, to learn what high producing, um, and just really good agents do. So, read that in um, the beginning of my career. And then I, then I switched my brain off and went back into fantasy world uh, because I had a, too much stuff and didn't want to be super, super dull, but that's me. That's fine. And uh, I will put those on the show notes, Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you keep track of everything um, with all of the details of the plot and everything that's going on. It's, because I've read them like 20 times. Uh, That's why. <laughs> uh, does, um, does JK Rowling actually read those or does it, or do they have someone else? No. So there's a big controversy. So any Harry Potter fans out there listening, um, I want we need some, we need to raise the drama of the show. <laughs> Give us the controversy. So there, there is a school of thought that says Jim Dale is the best narrator. And then there's another school of thought that says Stephen Fry is the best narrator. And I am the Stephen Fry group. So he, um, he's British and, um, he has a couple of his own books and shows, um, but it's the British version. So you have to buy it 
on British websites. You can't, um, Jim Dale is the American version. So, but um, I'm a big Anglophile. So um, British things are, are, are more enticing to me. So I like the Stephen Fry and his Hagrid um, and his characters just sound amazing. So Stephen Fry all the, all the day. Awesome. I will link, I will try to link to the English version. Not sure if I can, but I'll give it a shot. Uh, Miranda. Awesome. Um, I really enjoyed this. I um, thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I'm glad you jumped in or fell in. I'm glad you dove in later. Uh, I'm a little bit skeptical of you um, worshiping Tony Kanyas. Um, <laughs> I would I would recommend that um, you know stick to Harry Potter or Stephen Fry. <laughs> um, but no, I'm glad Tony made the introduction to you, and thank you for coming on. Hey, thank you so much, Nicholas, and thank you to you know your guys' organization. I am, again, humbled, honored, and it was amazing, so thank you. My guest this week has been Miranda Elizabeth Joseph. Thanks again. Thank you.